I'm Cameron Crookston. I'm Patrick Murray. And this is Video Queens. The show where two queens take a look back at the movies that made them. And this week, we watched Short Bus. Welcome to Video Queens. Welcome, welcome. And we watched Short Bus this week. I mean. Yeah, we did. What a look back. What a great, what a great movie. This is like, um, I have so many thoughts about this movie because like I actually do very much remember it coming out. I remember the conversations around it. Of course, this is John Cameron Mitchell's film about mm-hmm. um, sexuality in New York City. Mm. Um, uh, a woman's journey to finding an orgasm and a gay couple's uh, <laughs> learning to find a third. Um and and the third within and 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 speaking in the third person mm-hmm. um and uh and the whole thing when it was coming out was like this film has graphic sexuality this phone has this phone this phone this <laughs> This film has boners. That's where phone came because I was already on boners. So then film and boners became phone. Um, boners, boners, boners. I'm so happy. I've been requesting dicks every fucking week. Um, uh, there has been a real uh, uh, dearth of dicks. And uh, we have entered the cock renaissance in... Um, in this film, literally, literally, blessed be the fruit. First scene, off the jump, dick. Dick in water. Dick in water. Love it. I'm really happy for you. Yeah, um... Dick in mouth. Yeah. Dick in mouth of the owner of the dick. Like, like a like a human centipede slash, like, dragon eating its own dick. Definitely Opening. dragon eating its own dick. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I do remember when this came out, the, the big thing that it was, um non-simulated sex so the sex is real actual factual intercourse yes uh and then of course which we will get into later the Mm -hmm. escandalo can i say that um of sukian lee um uh sukian lee's um who was a cbc radio host Canadian Broadcasting Company for our four American listeners. Um, uh, <laughs> and the one Italian listener. <laughs> hello, Italy. Hello, Virginia. Oh. <laughs> and that one person from Texas. Are you lost? Um, uh, <laughs> um, that the... Uh, that Sukian Lee was going to be like was going to like lose her radio show on the CBC by appearing in this film, mm-hmm. and then there was like like artists were standing up for her and artistic work, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and unfortunately she lost her job and died. Uh, <laughs> not, no, she. <laughs> People don't know; they might think you're real. <laughs> it's a cautionary tale. Um, yeah, look out, Texas. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, this is it's a, definitely a meaty film. And I'm just, of course, talking about the dicks. Well, why don't we, why don't we get the, um, the plot out of the way so you can sink your teeth into it as it were. 
Um, so yeah, it is the story of, it's basically kind of set around uh, a cabaret salon underground party space called Short Bus. Yeah. Um, it is the story of Sophia, played by Sookin Lee, who is a, she's a sex therapist, but she doesn't like that term and she tells everyone she meets, don't call me a sex therapist, even though that's what I am. She's a couples counselor. Yeah. But her cross to bear is that she is a couples counselor, sex therapist, who's never had an orgasm. She is pre-orgasmic. <laughs> and I like that she says I'm pre-orgasmic and someone, and they're like, you're just about to have one. <laughs> it's a good line. It's it good is line. a good line. Um, um, and then she, we, when we kind of first meet her, she's, uh, she's coupling, she's coupling, she's counseling this couple, uh, two gay guys, both are named Jamie. The one has recently gone back to becoming James. Okay. So um, obviously it's gamey and games. We're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm already exhausted. We're five minutes in. And games is like dead. Is like I'm it's an already artist. so confusing that they have the same name. <laughs> like, um, games is the one who like starts off in the bath, uh, naked, dicks, 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 dicks. Um, uh, I think he pees and then farts in the bathtub, but that is. <laughs> unimportant i just needed to kind of say it um uh he is like recording a movie um that looks bad um uh and uh but it includes him like sucking his own dick and yeah so uh james and jamie are a couple and uh they are going to couples counseling james who's making the movie and like i think I want to point out that, like, although this is a movie in which he's, like, naked and masturbates and sucks his own dick, he also is clearly super depressed. Like, it's not, like, a fun, sexy romp. Like, he is, like, he's going through it. Um, We later learn that it's kind of a, like, an, uh... Suicide. Yeah, an expressionistic suicide video. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, they're going to couples counseling. Uh, Jamie is really, like... Has this like kind of like manic self-involved narcissistic energy, but like really loves James, but like is kind of pitched as being like a little vapid. I feel like Gamey is just like definition codependent. Can you please use their real name? Okay, okay, please. <laughs> I feel like Jamie is like just the codependent one. Like he's like at the beginning, he kind of says like I just want everyone to love me, or like I'm like I just feel like he's like desperate for. James's love. I mean, I what I thought was such like an, a a very clever little writing choice is that um so in the first time we see them actually talking, uh James says, you know, I'm I'm no longer going by Jamie, I'm going by James now. And Jamie always forgets that and calls him his own name. Uh... And it was such a clever little like narcissistic detail where it's like he really wants he just wants to go fuck himself. Gotcha. They do kind of look a lot alike. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so there's this like weird moment where Jamie has this like kind of like manic episode and uh, Sookie and Lee end up slapping him in the session. She might not be a great therapist, guys. Um, And then to apologize for this. uh... No, wait. So yeah, so like she like says like the session's free. I'm so embarrassed. And for some reason, they decide to like invite her to their sex party. Yes. And, like, boundaries are out the window. So, yeah, she goes to the sex party, and then it basically becomes her story of kind of, like, learning to find her orgasm, 
Uh, she befriends the like matron of the short bus who we'll talk about. Uh, she ends up becoming kind of friends with this fairly like emotionally uh, like closed Volatile. off. Okay, yeah. Like D- dominatrix. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, they kind of like, I don't know if this is a B plot or just like a side plot or like there are two A plots. Um, is it that, yeah, the Jamies are looking for a third uh, who they find in Seth with a C. And but then it turns out that actually James is just kind of looking for his own replacement because he knows he's, he wants to kill himself. Yes. And and then they all, yeah, also the Jamies have a stalker who lives across the way and takes pictures of them and is really obsessed with them as a couple. And they yeah. all meet at the short bus and they have sexy adventures and they learn things. It is a lot of like vignettes and stuff. So like yes. as much as that is the plot, it you know, plot is, it's not super plotty. Uh, so, I mean, maybe I will also say that, like, so this movie is really progressive, uh, was kind of made through, like, a collective creation process, uh, did a lot of really good kind of, like, research and sourcing from people from, like, queer and dominatrix communities. So, like, there's nothing in the problematic this week, guys. There are definitely some moments that elicited a yikers from me, but I think they're intentional. Yikers Island? Yeah. Exactly. Um... <laughs> You know, they meant to bring us to Yakers Island, and they're they're gonna unpack some shit. <laughs> so, uh, and that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Um, so, I think in place of in place of the problematic, we have just some little like thoughts and feelings and topics. And I'm gonna get a little like undergraduate film school about this because I there were some themes and motifs that I really I really liked. Um, and I'm I'm more like problematic or problem or dicks. So, is it a problem, or are there dicks? And I think there were dicks. I feel like that would work better in writing. In writing? Still not great. Yeah, yeah. That's for your blog. Your dick blog. (laughs) I would love a dick blog. Actually, I'm fully subscribed to a a dick blog. I'm like uh, a proud member of Celebrity Penis on Reddit. Um, which, okay, that actually is a great segue for me, um, uh, in that, like, I'm serious, (laughs) like, like, watching this movie this time, like, I felt like the first time I watched this, I was just, like, furiously jerking off. Like, like, this, I, as, like, I don't know, like, a 17-year-old or, like, 18-year-old. I don't think I was like, I, okay, first of all, my brain was telling me like, this is just sex. Like everyone needs to calm down. Like we have guns in movies, but we can't have dicks. And like, I always forget that you were Catherine Hepburn until the age of 22. (laughs) But then I was like, dicks, which I guess I'm still like dicks. But, um, uh, the drinking game for this episode is me saying dicks. Um, but the, uh, basically that like, I, (laughs) <laughs> this time watching I'm like oh this movie is like I, I just realized how unsexy this movie is and that's not a sh- that's not shade um it's like I wasn't really turned on watching this movie yeah um where when I was 17 and it was like harder to like get porn or like you had like the family computer or whatever it's like there was the again there was like jerking off to fucking Vlad's stomach in camp um so uh so this was like oh like the 
again, we have the cock renaissance. So it's like, oh, so like, I'm sure just like a, a steady stream of, <laughs> I mean, come, um, uh, or pee in the bathtub. But I, yeah, so, so this time around, I was like, oh, this movie is like, there's a lot of sex, but it's not there. It's not played for... I, I know what you mean. Like, it's, it's, um, the topic is sex and sexuality, but not, most of the sex scenes are actually not trying to seduce the audience. Yes. Yeah. There is no gay gaze. It's like, I mean, there's a bit of a gay gaze, but like, mm-hmm. this is very much a comedy. And like, it's not comedy in the way that another gay movie is a comedy, but like, yeah. there is still like, Again, the singing the Star Spangled Banner into the butthole, which I found actually so unfunny this time around. So I don't know why I'm bringing it up even. <laughs> um, but there are like, there's, it's more that. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the thing, like this movie, it either, the sex is either like funny in kind of a playful way or like kind of like melancholy. I, this movie is a lot. Yeah sadder than I remember it being. Not that it's like, and I didn't like cry, but it was just like a lot of like, I would say at least half of the cast is depressed. Yeah, it was like hurt people, fuck people. Hmm. I wish we could make that the title, but I don't think. Yeah, um, there was another thing that I, I think you and I both picked up on. We we read reviews, uh, which we sometimes do for our research. And uh, we read a review that kind of said that this movie is really utopian. Yes. And, <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so here's why I agree with that. Okay. Um, because I wrote in my notes, I was like, "Is short, would short bus be the best place or the worst place? Like, I truly can't tell if I would love it or hate it. Like, this party, this East Village. Right. Um, again, uh, I will have to mention, I did live in the East Village uh, on 5th between A and B. And then 10th and 1st. Um, so that doesn't need to come back, but it will. Um, uh, no, so it's this, like, East Village artsy, but there's, like, a sex room thing mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, this seems so appealing. But to that I say, have you ever been to a sex party? Because it is, they're weird. Like, it's, like, it's not... Again, like, maybe that's, maybe that's the energy I'm bringing in. But, like, first of all, like, the person who's just, like, randomly, like, in this film, the person who's just, like, randomly playing a guitar and someone's dressed as a donut. And then we walk into a room and there's just, like, a pansexual explosion. Like, I love that um, for them. Uh, But, like, I don't know if in practice, like, it's, like... It's kind of like, like, I don't, I don't shit where I eat. I don't like fuck where I think. (laughs) That is a profound state. You need to, okay, first of all, you need to pop that in an envelope and mail it to your therapist. Um, I don't fuck where I think. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, the thing about this space is that this is like a queer pansexual playground and we're not queer pansexuals t but like also like i don't want to hear like someone read a poem and then like 
And then, like, the person beside me is like, nah, my vagina egg's going off. And then I'm like, maybe I'll go fuck the donut. Like, it's like, it, that's too, like, it's like, there, there are too many compartments of my life that are kind of fusing together. And also, um, that's it, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's, no, but that's an interesting point. Like, interesting to compare sh- a place like Short Bus to, like, a bathhouse. Yes. Because the bathhouse um, is obviously a space which has, like, almost no verbal communication. And I was going to be say. very, like, anonymizing. Whereas, yeah, like, the thing about Shore Bus is, like, you know, like, there are people sitting there. There's a sex room. Um, there's also, like, the back feminist room, which is just kind of, like, <laughs> women talking about their sexuality. Which was, like, a great plot device for Sophia, frankly. Yeah. Um, I would be so upset about how much I wouldn't be welcome in that room. Like, I know I it's not, so not I know it's like, it, like, it would be so not about me, but I would be like no. really trying to like, I would be like playing people off each other or like really kind of like just trying to get in just like, Oh my God. Like, I don't even want to, I don't want to come in, but like, Leslie, like, tell me, give me the update. And she's like, Oh, well, I just talked about it in the room. And I'm like, Oh, well, I'm not allowed. Like, and, which is fine, <laughs> which is fine. Um, and then I would, uh, eventually be allowed and ruin it um (laughs) yeah okay and then there's also like you know like there are people just kind of like chilling on couches talking there are like there are poetry readings there like are kind of some burlesque acts there's like they show movies so it is a like a mix of like it's like a a cabaret it's an artistic space i mean I i think they call it a salon at least once and that does kind of have that thing where it's like you know, sexuality is the kind of, like, theme, and definitely, uh, like, exploring actual sex is a big part of it, but it's not, like, the only part of it, and it is a little bit about blending the worlds of, uh, like, sex and art and identity in a way that I think, I'm, I'm going to use the word term here, don't get offended, more mainstream uh, expressions of gayness tend to compartmentalize those things. Which I'm not mad at, I don't think. Like It's fine. No, I don't think anyone is saying that like short yeah. should be for I mean, I actually think like to the name the way um the way the the matron explains to Sophia what the short bus is, that it's like you know, she says like, well there's um or they say that, you know, there's the big school bus for kind of most kids, and then there are uh the short bus for these special and or weird kids. Their words. Um, and the idea that, like, yeah, like, the, and this is why I thought the Jamie, the Jamies were a bit, I, I didn't fully understand how they fit into this universe, because they <laughs> yes. were pretty normatively gorgeous white guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the idea that, like, yeah, Shorpus is definitely a world for people who are kind of, like, on the fringes sexually and, and, like, culturally. And, like, like, I love us. We're very charming and likable. We are not probably writing the Shorpus. Maybe that's it. Maybe, okay, I think maybe that's the thing. It's like, because there's a part of me that really thinks, that would really love to be that person. Yeah, for sure. But I'm not. Like, it's like, when I'm at the nude beach, and people, and someone is talking to me, and their fucking cock is out, and I'm like, yeah, no, let's talk about the weather. As if my brain isn't just going dick, 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 dick. Like, that is, that's what's happening. And I'm like, and that's okay, too. And then I think you get into those, like, big... So, like, it's, like, the sex room is, like, this whole just mob or, like, this whole, like, um, 
mosh pit of just bodies fucking everywhere. And it's like that all that always sounds good in in that always sounds good in your head. In practice, there's always someone who ruins it. And and it smells and it's weird and someone's making a weird noise and it's like it's ne- it's never that glamorous. And that is where I thought it was utopian in that there was like there was no <laughs> unwanted touching. There was no I said, sir, sir. <laughs> It's a no. It's a no for me. Um, uh, no slapping hands away. <laughs> right. Um, it was just kind of like beautiful. This beautiful like pool of people. I have a similar thing with the kind of like. There is a part of me that thinks this is so cool. Um, the part of me that like smoked a ton of pot in high school um, and wanted to be this like you know like hippie artist. It's just person. sex. Relax, everyone does it. Yeah, no, I'm so not that girl. And and I'm I'm really I'm like I'm pretty uptight um for a gay guy. Uh and pretty normative in a lot of ways. And like so like for example, like I in theory love John Waters. I always I quote John Waters a lot. <laughs> I put up a lot of divine memes. But and we're we're gonna get to this in a few weeks. Um I kind of have a hard time metabolizing a lot of John Waters movies. They're just kind of too weird for me. Okay. I don't, yeah. like, I, I fully see the appeal and I'm really glad they're in the world because I think their effect on like culture and queerness makes for a more like balanced universe. Right. But I in particular am not the key demo. I would really rather watch To Wong Fu. And that makes me a vanilla capitalist basic. And I, and I know that, and I'm glad I am not the only voice, but yeah. The first step is awareness. Yeah. But in a 12 step program, that's less than 10%. (laughs) Um, Which is a failing grade. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I had a similar thing. It made me think too about like, um, because I think there is something, I don't know if other like subcultures have this, but like, I feel like queer people have this thing about the the romantic queer bar or club or whatever. Like, Cabaret Mm. kind of has this thing. Right. Or, or like, whatever, like... I mean, I think a lot of people feel this way about Queer as Folk and um, Babylon. Battle for your life, Babylon. Yeah. Yeah, where you have this, like... You're kind of, like... (laughs) It's, like, our cheers, but it's, like... But with dicks and, like... (laughs) Or just, like, with, like, you know, like... You know, everyone Greg is amazing, and you find love, and it's community, and it's art. Yeah. Um, in Again, a way boy like... culture, like, yes. or like, there's this space that, like, yeah. no judgment here, where it's just kind of like where it's so the opposite of growing up with straight parents. Um, it's yeah. the opposite of straight high school. It's just like, like yeah, like there is. I think there's something <laughs> and, like, like the opposite of going to any gay bar. <laughs> Kind of. Um, I mean, you kind of, like, I definitely had fleeting moments of this in different gay bars, but... Right. Yeah, like, I think there is a, a central queer... This could just be, like, a white gay guy fantasy, too, but, like, the idea of, like, finding something out there in the form of a space. Right. Um, What I thought was utopian about this movie when I kind of started thinking about it is just that it's, again, it's a... um. It's a world in which most of the characters are pansexual. Yeah. And questions of 
like there's no homophobia there's no transphobia there's also no anxiety around compatibility like anyone who wants to hook up with anyone is just kind of cool i was gonna um, say there it's not it is that kind of utopia that queer utopia where like all of the different letters um are commingling seamlessly and no one's like making anyone else feel more or less welcome like it's like everyone's just kind of like oh this is like we're all here and that's great and no one's being like wait but are you this or are you that or whatever whatever it's just yeah no one's like like, hey you're really cute oh sorry i'm not into girls or boys it's like no like i think you're really cute yes i am let's make a little bit yeah yeah that was a really cool fantasy. I mean, and I like, again, I wish the world, if there was a pansexual pill, I would take it. I would fully take the pill. I would love to have more options and be a little more interesting. Um, but I'm like really gay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just the voice. It's all of me. <laughs> it's the whole thing. It permeates. Well, uh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, no, I think this is a great time for uh, a break since you just came out. Cool. <laughs> since um, you just realized you're gay. So uh, let's give you a minute. And when we get back, uh, I'll talk about which cast member of Sharpus I've had sex with. We're back. Yes, you can guess. <laughs> is it Regina the Gentlewoman? <laughs> Wait, who the what? Regina the Gentlewoman? There's a character. She, he, uh, he's a very side character. Um, but he comes up to one of the Jamie. Jamie was on like a TV show where he played like an albino or something. when he Because he's just a former child actor. And some guy comes up to him and says like, oh my God, I loved your show and I am an albino. And that made a lot to me. I wrote that down because he said, I'm an albino. So that meant a lot. (laughs) And I laughed. That got me. So that actor is a Toronto-based drag queen. Oh, uh, no. Named Regina the Gentlewoman. Got it. But you have not had sex with her. I have not. Okay. Have you had sex with one of the Jamies? Close. Seth? Yeah, girl. Oh my god, I hate you. Yes, I had sex with <laughs> Seth with a C. Um, oh, he's so cute. I had the biggest crush on him when this movie came out. Over Pride um, mm. at uh, Steamworks, the opposite of Short Bus. <laughs> um, uh, In Toronto? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and I remember... <sighs> okay, so like, obviously this was a million years ago. Um, I just remember being like, I think this is the guy from Short Bus. And I think I was like, I need to find out his first name. And then I'm going to go like, look it up later. Like, I'll look it up when I get home. So yeah, he said his name was Jay. Then I looked it up and I'm like, oh my God, that fully was him. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh. Do you think he would do a guest spot on the show? (laughs) Yeah, I think that I like followed him on MySpace or something. Uh. I can't promise that he followed me back. Um, I definitely, like, when I was really into this movie, uh, and I did have a crush on that actor, um, so I will will destroy you out of jealousy. Um, I definitely, like, downloaded or, like, listened to, like, one of his albums. He plays, like, a lot of, like, 
like very like acoustic kind of hipster music and he has just like an album of sad covers of all the saddest songs like zombie by the cranberries and a jan arden cover okay it's just he he plays feelings music yeah he is like he's very like folksy doxy Mm -hmm. like um uh i also was in had like a little bit of like a like i downloaded this the fucking soda pop song um Mm -hmm. uh that he sings in the movie um I think I then, like, tried to, like, follow into a couple more songs, and I'm like, okay, I think it's just the Soda Pop song for me. <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so there's a moment where the Jamies take him home, um, and it's, like, a really cute little, like, almost, like, montage of their night together, and there's one moment where he, like, he plays them a song on the guitar. And, um, so first, I want to talk about uh, a couple of, I guess, side characters who are worth noting, and one is uh, Justin Vivian Bond, who plays the matron of... Uh, short bus who plays basically themselves uh, introduces themselves as justin vivian bond which is their real name yeah um so justin vivian bond is this like award-winning cabaret drag performance artist they do this like long running uh i wrote i wrote an article uh that came out earlier this year on jinx monsoon's um kind of cabaret show the vaudevillians And uh, one of my notes from my editor was like, you absolutely cannot talk about this piece without talking about Kiki and Herb. Okay. And I did not, I'm like, because I'm basic and was raised on Drag Race, I was like, sure, yeah, okay, of course. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, of course. Um, Well, you also didn't live in New York, which I did. So. So I'm, I'm like, I'm coming at this with my own limitations. Well, also there is something with like, um, uh, Obviously, like, New York local performers do so- are sometimes considered to be, like, worldwide legends. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is it is kind of, like, the New York equivalent of, like, local talent. Like, I, I certainly remember, like, Justin Bond as, like, yeah, this is, like, a New York personality. A New York person. Mm-hmm. Like, an Amanda Lepore, uh, um, uh, Richie Rich or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, and you'd see them just kind of, like out and about mm-hmm. yeah like i would definitely put them in the same camp as kind of like a lipsinka okay um but yeah right. so anyway so kiki and herb is this kind of like very like old school two-person review they did it for like they i think they they might still be doing it but it definitely like their kind of haiti was over the course of like 20 years they sing live they sing like old nostalgic songs they kind of claim to be the originators of these like old like queer coded music um, and then they're also uh, really big in the gay shame movement. And gay shame is this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they also have been have been huge, huge leaders in, in fighting for gay shame. Um, uh, just <laughs> on the front lines, just yelling shame, shame, shame. Uh, and we thank them for that. They are the Shoving West- people back in the closet. Yeah, the Westboro um, Baptist Church of our own community. Um uh, um, so okay. it's a funny name. No, so gay shame is a movement in reaction to gay pride, and it's kind of like pushes back against the fact that like pride is been criticized as being like super normative, super white, super cis, very, very, very commercial, and kind of um, uh, has kind of like sold out a lot of the original values of like early gay liberation, which was a lot more like radical and a critique of society in general. So yeah, this is something like Justin Bond has done a ton of so like it's it's really cool 
to have this like very authentic queer artist playing themselves in the movie. It like adds like a really cool legitimacy to it. It's also really cool anytime um, someone like Justin Vivian Vaughn is in a movie because the thing about live performance is that it doesn't last forever and there's not a lot of records of it. So putting them in a movie does kind of immortalize them in a way that is like, that's like very, very cool. Like it was like gay shame and gay James. So you weren't listening to anything I said for the last three minutes. You were workshopping that in your head. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, (laughs) um, So there is a a very minor character who, um, Seth, Patrick's former lover. um, There's like a very old man. He's supposed to be kind of like in his 80s. And um, Seth, Seth has this little like tiny, tiny computer robot thing yenta. that is like his super, little yenta. his yenta it's like proto proto grinder um it's like a tiny little device that is a hookup app the avatar is like a jewish mother who's like why are you so picky yeah um anyway he's playing with it and like this old man's like oh my pacemaker and you think they're gonna play it for laughs they end up having a little like exchange in which this guy basically says um that he used to be the mayor of new york mm-hmm. and now he's a short bus and, like, it's never named, but it's, it's implied that this is supposed to be Ed Koch. Um, Ed Koch was the mayor of New York in the 80s during the AIDS crisis. I uh, was heavily criticized for not not acting quickly enough. Um, a lot of people speculated that he was, like, closeted. So the fact that, like, he was a closeted gay man running in conservative circles. Um, and because of that, he was too scared uh, to appear pro-gay in any way. And so he let, you know thousands and millions of people die. Um, he gets really, like, uh, I watched The Normal Heart recently, and, like, Larry Kramer was not a fan. They do a lot of dragging of Ed Koch in that and calling him a closet case. And so this this guy who's technically not, but, but heavily implied to be Ed Koch, kind of just, like, shares this story with Seth and says, you know, like, people thought because I was closeted I didn't do enough. Honestly, I did the best I could. And they kind of talk about that, like, he says, like, everyone comes to New York to be forgiven, but I'm from New York and home can be so unforgiving. And after this, like, really sad exchange, Seth just, like, takes his head in his hands and, like, kisses him. And I always read that as, like, an act of, like, forgiveness. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if Ed Koch should be forgiven, and I don't know if I forgive Ed Koch, but, like, regardless, it's not my movie. And and to have, like, a collective queer ensemble create a scene in which a young gay man forgives and embraces Ed Koch is a very powerful image, regardless of where you fall on that debate. Anyway, Sokin Lee, you mentioned, is in this movie. Yes. I, okay, so I, as I was kind of looking back at it, I remember it. I remember my dad used to listen to, like, Sokin Lee's show on CBC. Um, she was kind of this, like, like, Sookian Lee was kind of brought onto the CBC team as kind of the, like, okay, everyone's old and white. Like, let's get some, like, cooler voices. So they brought in Sookian Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because she was originally um, a Much Music VJ. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there was the whole thing where, like, maybe she was going to get, like, banned or fired from CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Company, funded by... Uh, the federal government for appearing in this movie that had like 
quote-unquote pornographic sex slash non-simulated sex. non-simulated sex um and i just remember like there was also kind of that cute thing where like actual again like as like canadian people you always think that like stuff that happens here like stuff that happens here no one cares about but then stuff that happens in like america everyone cares about mm-hmm. so it was like actual <laughs> I keep calling them actual actors, like actual <laughs> A-list people like Julianne Moore and Yoko Ono, like came to her defense. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then it was like, oh, yeah, she was able to keep her job, that, which is also probably a uniquely Canadian settling of things. It would be like, oh, the American story would be the like, and she still lost her job and died <laughs> poor. Um, where it's like, oh, there actually was this like response and... And, like, a more positive conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but definitely interesting. Like, because just, just like, what this movie is, as a movie with non-simulated sex, when this was not... I mean, it's still obviously not the norm. I know, obviously, it wouldn't have been the first one. But, uh, you know, th- I feel like then there was, like, the something bunny one that Vincent Gallo did where Chloe Sevigny gives him a blowjob and like, oh, right, right, right. and it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like these mo- like this does happen. And like, now we're like, we will sometimes see like boners, um, which again was like, Oh my God, you never see an erect penis. Like, so it is, it wasn't, int- it, it, it is interesting that it, it does that. And I know they said, that of all of the orgasms in the movie, only one was faked. And uh, and John Cameron Mitchell was like, and we won't tell you which one. Um, I mean, I, I assume it's the one where she talks about the fact that she fakes it. I think, like, n- no. Oh, I think, like, oh, I see. Like, of the real orgasms in the movie, one is fake. That's a very meta. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like, the as you were kind of saying, like, the thing about sexuality in the movie is that it is, like... So, there are a lot of, like, really funny moments in this movie. Um, there is one scene where um, Sookie and Lee uh, brings her husband to short bus, and they're, like, they're having marital problems. She can't have an orgasm. He's feeling inadequate. He's kind of a dick. Like, not, like, a horrible person, but, like, just, like, not great. And so she decides to be playful, and she, she buys, like, a vibrating egg that she puts inside of herself yeah um and then he gives her very like cute idea i love her like i love her creativity and energy to keep the spark going he gives her no she gives him the remote and says like why don't we go explore separately but every once in a while just check in by like pressing one of the buttons and making me vibrate and she ends up like like some guy is like getting in her face and, and dude has, like, given away, like, has lost the remote, and someone thinks it's a TV remote. And so people are randomly pressing the button, and she is just, like, gyrating and ends up, like, the guy who's, like, trying to attack her, like, she ends up, like, hitting a bunch of times in response to the sexy vibrations. And it's just, like, so silly. Yes. Um, That happens a couple of times. There's also just a couple of, like, really funny, like, cutaway moments. Um... Uh, one of Sophie and Lee's plots is that she is um, she befriends this woman named Severin who's a dominatrix who says like I'm gonna kind of <laughs> teach you how to pleasure yourself and and have an orgasm and in return Sophie and Lee kind of teaches her how to have like intimate relationships and it's like really beautiful thing where it's like you know like 
a dominatrix and a sex therapist who both have problems with sex and intimacy, like cross-pollinating. It's really cute. But one of the issues is that Severin um, never uses her real name and can't even say it out loud and has to like write it on a piece of paper. And it's just like, she's so sad. She's crying with such sincere tears. And she like hands the piece of paper to Sookie and Lee and her name is Jennifer. And she's like, that's a beautiful name. It's so nice to meet you. Can you, can you tell me your last name? <laughs> Writes it down. And her name is Jennifer Aniston. Yes. yes. And it's just so funny and weird. Um, yeah. And like Sookie and Lee's of... like, there can be two. <laughs> she does. There's a room for two. Yeah. It's such like a cute, absurd little like moment. Um, it's a lot of like exit lines that made me like giggle. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it was really cute. And but then also a lot of it is about, if not trauma, then like just kind of being like like Severin and Jamie or Severin and James are kind of painted as being parallels, um, because they both have experience with sex work. They both have intimacy problems. Um, there's also this recurring theme and like, this would be like the homework that I would assign for us to like write little essays about, um, is that like, (laughs) I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jamie, James is like making this movie about his life and his suicide. Um, Severin walks around taking pictures of people, usually unconsensually and then like etching comments into it. And um, the stalker who's stalking... Don't know his name. His name is the stalker. Yeah. The stalker is like... Cyburns. Cyburns, uh, the stalker, records the Jamies. So there is all this thing about, like, voyeurism. And I mean, I think it's it's interesting that, like, you know, like, James is documenting himself. Cyburns is documenting these people he's obsessed with. Severin documents strangers. And I feel like that says a lot about their intimacy... The nature of sex and voyeurism. There's a great line early on where someone at Short Bus just kind of says to Sookin Lee, like, do you want to watch? Voyeurism is participation. I was going to say that, you bitch. (laughs) I was going to get my, I was going to get my star (laughs) in the class. I would have been like, "Ah, um, funny you mentioned voyeurism. I did write down this quote. Um, (laughs) Closing thoughts. Get out of my head. That was my thoughts. Um, I have a couple of, uh, random little, uh, moments I enjoyed or, Mm. uh, things that shook me to the core, frankly. Um, uh, (laughs) one is that I think James is employed as, is he a lifeguard at a bathhouse? (laughs) I had the same note and I didn't notice that the first time. Cause I was like, first of all, he's, first of all, he's. Uh, seemingly the lifeguard of a hot tub, which is very funny. Um, uh, and, and then I'm like, is it a bathtub? Because, like, the guys are obviously getting kind of busy. But then I'm like, but they're wearing bathing suits. So that's not very bathhousey. And again, if this was, like, a movie that didn't have all of the dicks, I might be like, oh, they're just, like, not showing a dick. Be- but, like, this is a bathhouse. But because mm-hmm. it's, we started, we see so many dicks, I'm like, maybe it's not. But I... So anyway, that was, um, that was something. I will say that the actor who plays James sells depression like no one. I Just that kind of like constant sadness, barely below the surface. His expression is so like spot on depression. I, he really sold me on depression. Okay. Maybe that explains why I didn't like him. 
Um, <laughs> More for your therapist. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a little interaction at the short bus where someone says, my name is Bitch. And so Kinley just goes, hi, Bitch. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, uh, I think at one point, Sookie and Lee says, you are so far behind, you think you're first. Oof. That's a read. That's a yeah. read. Um, there was one of, Seth had a few things that made me laugh. One was, um, so during the hookup, he's in the, in the movie, he's a model. And he gives them this kind of extended lesson on how to be a model with like multiple cuts that make it seem like he's been talking for about half an hour and like teaches them about angles. And then he does a bunch of poses for them. And then says, and then like after all of this just says like, but I hate it. It was really stupid. Whatever. Like to totally just like expunge himself from, as if he doesn't care at all. As if he doesn't care. Going on. Yeah. When he just said like, it's actually about math and yeah. Geometry and shapes, but whatever. I hated it. It was stupid. Um, there's also a scene where the, um, when the stalker confronts, because the stalker is is fixated on the Jamies as a couple, and he doesn't like that Seth is, like, interfering with their dynamic. And so he comes up to him and says, like, who are you? And Seth says, I'm Sarah. Sarah problem. When this came out, I feel like I said that once a day for a year. I thought it was so cute. And there's a moment where, um... And you messaged me... Sarah problem and I said that would be your drag name and you would get so mad because everyone would be like oh like Sarah Paulson (laughs) and you'd be like no (laughs) um yeah there's also a moment where um it's an early kind of session so um uh so can Lee and Severin meet in a sensory deprivation tank (gasps) they invented float tanks by the way in terms of like pop culture yes they birthed them um, and there's a scene where, um, she's, Severin's, like, doing kind of, like, sexy, like, telling her, like, a story that's supposed to, like, turn her on, and so Kinley is trying to, uh, to masturbate, and it's, like, I don't know a lot about female masturbation. You might say I know nothing, but it's, like, clearly, like, awkwardly just kind of jabbing herself and, like, like, breathing heavily and, like, working a little too hard, and Severin just, like, is, like, using the metaphor in the sex of, like, driving and like 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 it's like a sexy bus or something and just like takes her hand away from her vagina and says like okay you need to pull the bus over you yeah pull it over pull it over pull it over and i think i i think i say occasionally to someone okay you're not driving safely you need to pull over and that's right. where i get it from apparently okay yeah and and that's short bus kids and that's short bus would recommend absolutely uh, thank you for listening. Remember that you can email us your movie suggestions at videoqueenspod at gmail.com. We have uh, already received one request. So, uh, Gareth, we are, uh, my own private Idaho is on the list. We, we've taken the note and we're going to run with it. Uh, you can also tweet us at videoqueenspod and uh, for suggestions or just to say hi. It's really cool when people say hi. Um, and a huge thank you, speaking of Gareth, huge thank you to, uh, uh, the Snowballing podcast hosted by Ming and Gareth, who gave us a cute little shout out and, uh, and Gareth for your, for your suggestion. Uh, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps more people find us and share with all of your friends and family. And as always, see you next week. Bye. Um, Bye.